This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of chondroblastoma from the pathology section on orthobullets.com. Chondroblastoma is a rare, benign chondrogenic lesion that differs from giant cell tumor by its chondroid matrix. As far as the epidemiology, the male-to-female ratio is 2 to 1, and 80% of the patients with chondroblastoma are under 25 years of age. As far as body location, chondroblastoma is an epiphyseal lesion in young patients, usually around 12 years of age. Again, chondroblastoma is an epiphyseal lesion in young patients, usually around 12 years of age. Common locations include the distal femur and proximal tibia, and these locations are way more common than the proximal humerus, proximal femur, calcaneus, flat bones, and apophysis or triradiate cartilage of the pelvis. Typically, chondroblastomas are epiphyseal, but may occasionally cross the physis. As far as the pathophysiology of chondroblastoma, it is thought to arise from the cartilaginous epiphyseal plate. It is characterized as a cartilage tumor due to its areas of chondroid matrix, but type 2 collagen is not expressed by the tumor cells. As far as the genetics, patients with chondroblastoma may have genetic abnormalities on chromosome 5 and chromosome 8. As far as associated conditions, less than 1% of patients with chondroblastoma develop benign pulmonary metastasis, which is similar to giant cell tumor. With respect to prognosis, chondroblastoma has a local recurrence rate of 10 to 15% after treatment. Moving on to the presentation of chondroblastoma, patients typically have symptoms of progressive pain at the tumor site, and they may also exhibit limping. On physical exam, inspection may reveal muscle atrophy as well as tenderness over the affected bone. As far as motion, these patients will typically have decreased range of motion. Moving on to imaging, recommended views on radiographs include an AP, lateral, and oblique of the involved area. Findings include a well-circumscribed epiphysiolytic lesion with a thin rim of sclerotic bone that is sharply demarcated from the normal medullary cavity. Lesions often cross the physis into the metaphysis. Stippled calcifications within the lesion may or may not be present, and is typically seen in 25 to 45% of patients. Cortical expansion may be present, and soft tissue expansion is rare. Chest radiographs should be obtained to evaluate for possible metastatic lesions. The differential with radiographs include giant cell tumor, osteomyelitis, and clear cell chondrosarcoma. A CT is not required but can define the bony extent of the lesion. An MRI will show extensive edema surrounding the lesion. Findings on histology include chondroblasts arranged in the quote cobblestone or quote chicken wire pattern that may be present. You may also see scattered multinucleated giant cells with focal areas of chondroid matrix. Keep in mind that occasional multinucleated giant cells may be present. Mononuclear stromal cells are distinct, and S100 positive cells with large central nuclei can be seen. Nuclei have longitudinal grooves resembling coffee beans. Keep in mind that one-third of chondroblastomas have areas of secondary aneurysmal bone cysts. Moving on to the treatment of chondroblastoma, this is typically always operative, and options include an extended intralesional curatage and bone grafting or surgical resection. Extended intralesional curatage and bone grafting is the standard of treatment in symptomatic individuals. As far as the technique, you may do local adjuvant treatment with phenol or cryotherapy to decrease local recurrence. Surgical resection is indicated when there's pulmonary metastasis. Other diagnoses on the differential for chondroblastoma include giant cell tumor, aneurysmal bone cysts, osteoblastoma, and chondromyxoid fibroma.
Keep in mind that both chondroblastoma and giant cell tumor are epiphyseal lesions. They're benign lesions that may metastasize to the lung, and the treatment for both is curatage and bone grafting, assuming that there is no impending fracture. Aneurysmal bone cysts, osteoblastoma, and chondromyxoid fibroma are not epiphyseal lesions, and they do not metastasize to the lung. However, the treatment is also curatage and bone grafting for these diagnoses. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, An 18-year-old male presents with pain and swelling of his right shoulder. A radiograph reveals a lytic lesion in the greater tuberosity demonstrating sclerotic margins and a stippled matrix. There is no periosteal reaction. An axial CT shows cortical thinning at the greater tuberosity. Histology shows a cobblestone or geometric appearance of chondroblasts with large open chromatin of the nuclei. There's also intervening chondroid protein, which is seen as red-staining protonaceous material. And there's also scattered phagocytic giant cells, as well as focal areas of chondroid matrix. What is the most likely diagnosis? And the choices are 1, enchondroma, 2, Ewing sarcoma, 3, chondroblastoma, 4, osteosarcoma, and 5, osteoblastoma. The correct answer to this question is 3, chondroblastoma. So if you have good situational awareness and know that we're reviewing questions about chondroblastoma, you should have gotten this question correctly. But to quickly review, the clinical presentation described in the question stem is consistent with an apophyseal chondroblastoma of the greater tuberosity of the humerus. Chondroblastomas are rare lesions that occur in the epiphysis of long bones and less commonly in the apophysis and are thought to arise from secondary ossification centers. They rarely occur after physeal closure. The most common location is the knee, specifically the distal femur and the proximal tibia, and the proximal humerus is a distant third. The natural history of this lesion is progressive bone destruction. Salhan et al. reviewed chondroblastomas in children. They found sex, radiographic aggressiveness, presence of ABC component, and the method of surgical treatment had no significant influence on recurrence. Epiphyseal lesions had a higher risk of recurrence compared with metaphyseal, apophyseal, and epiphyseal metaphyseal lesions. Lesions near the most active physis that is close to the knee or far from the elbow were associated with a lower risk of recurrence. And moving on to the final question. A 26-year-old man has a one-year history of worsening heel pain. There is no history of penetrating injuries to the heel. A radiograph shows a lytic lesion in the calcaneus. There is also surrounding sclerosis. An axial CT scan sequence demonstrates the size and extent of lysis of the calcaneus in the anterior-posterior dimension. There are also calcifications on the axial sequences. A T2-weighted MRI sequence shows significant edema noted in the region of the lesion. Finally, histology shows chondroblasts arranged in a cobblestone or chicken wire pattern, and there are scattered multinucleated giant cells with focal areas of chondroid matrix. Management should consist of which of the following? And the choices are 1. Curatage with or without local adjuvants and bone grafting. 2. Injection of corticosteroids. 3. Irrigation, debridement, and antibiotic treatment. 4. Wide resection. And 5. Chemotherapy and wide resection. The correct answer to this question is 1. Curatage with or without local adjuvants and bone grafting. So with an epiphyseal bone lesion, the radiographic differential would consist of chondroblastoma, Brody's abscess, or giant cell tumor of the bone.
Because of the location in the calcaneus, consideration should also be given for an epidermal inclusion cyst if there is a history of penetrating trauma. The biopsy specimens show a very cellular and vascular lesion with mononuclear chondroblasts with grooved nuclei, otherwise known as, quote, coffee bean nuclei. There are also some osteoclast-like giant cells. The surrounding chondroid matrix stains pink and has scant areas of fine mineralization outlining the stromal cells, quote-unquote, chicken wire. This is characteristic of a chondroblastoma. The preferred treatment for a chondroblastoma in a non-expandable bone is intralesional curatage with or without local adjuvants, such as phenol, liquid nitrogen, or argon beam coagulation, and bone grafting or cement. Some very aggressive chondroblastomas with soft tissue extension, particularly those in the pelvis, may require on-block resection. That's all for this review about chondroblastoma. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.